this thing about Wait, hold on. I got a new... I have... Hold on. You know what? And now I have an... I think I have a good idea. Uh Uh-huh. We always have our... Bob and Bobby and Roberta. Right? We have all these... Robbie. But I was thinking... Yeah. Maybe... To spell it backwards? (laughs) No, that our characters that we use... But if you spell Bob backwards, you get Bob. We do. It's, it's, It's... Anyway, our characters. Should be... The coffee that I'm drinking. So like today it's Cameron. It's Cameron. We have Cameron in the club. Oh, I see. I'm drinking I'm drinking Cameron. And then eventually then I'll have Pete. I'll have Pete's in here. I think the only Cameron that I remember was the one that played the uh Oh from uh, the B Lister and uh Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's really the only Cameron you need. Right. <laughs> remember when his car gets trashed? <laughs> his dad's his car. car. His dad's You know what's Ferrari. funny? Okay, here's what's funny about you, uh, they shot that up here. Ferris Bueller's Day Off mm-hmm. is that everybody still watches it. It's, yeah. it's it it's looks it looks it looks dated, but there's a nostalgia to that. But you know, sometimes younger people are like, "Ah, eh, that's kind of like whatever." I've had so many younger people to ask me, like, "What was it like in the '80s?" What because he I was doesn't like, <laughs> he doesn't pull out his phone and text the text the no. school supervisor, and he doesn't text his girlfriend, "Hey, what's up? Where where you go now?" <laughs> Don't be hating. So it's but, not hating, but, but my it's point, just it's, that's the thing what I'm talking about. What just, I'm talking about is that this movie is so iconic, it just is, and it speaks to being a teenager. Just take the technology out of it. Just the relationships and what's he nailed it. He absolutely. But that's nailed what it. I was that when I was making that derogatory comment about about that is that that is skews if you're if you're remiss because you don't have the latest trappings of technology or the latest trappings of whatever you've lost the point of the whole story the point of the story is this interaction and connectivity with kids and their lives and the way they live their lives in and around this system that's been built and they're 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 just they're they're gaming all these systems just to to learn and to grow and kind of as a as a rebellion but just to you know and it's 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 kind of fun and it the funny part is is like if you were to make it today i don't know that it would work as well because a lot of the kids today i guess if they're rebellious they do things but yeah but like, there's but the move but my point was that the movie's still speaking to them yeah they're in the phone system but they're watching a movie now from 40 years ago that they're relating to where yeah. their technology is not in it and they are quoting it. They're wearing the shirt. Are they still doing that? Really? That's I don't know. You're uh, around these. Kids, oh, so I, I, I quote it all the time and they're, they will because <laughs> like, Oh, they're supposed to stay off. Right. Or you're like, Oh, do you like that scene? Right. Like how he, you know, does the, soap. so is it that their parents have them watch it or they have a genuine interest in watching it? I don't know. Oh, okay. But regardless, they are connecting to it, and I think that says a lot. Yeah, I guess if their parents had made them watch it and they weren't connected to it at all, they wouldn't have had a positive emotional response. They wouldn't remember it. And they wouldn't have had a, a response to you. Like if you quoted something, they wouldn't have been like, oh, yeah, that movie. And they wouldn't have said anything. They would so have been I, like, oh, that movie. So you remember the scene where they go to the restaurant and then the two- Shea the <laughs> there was a restaurant in Chicago. I know, and yeah. the, and the two valet guys. But you're from New York. I don't know if you know that, dude. I I I lived I above lived a Starbucks in, in Glencoe, and it would, did people are like, oh, that's the beach scene over here when you right, did the yeah. lookout. I'm like, I know, I know. So I would hate to live in the house. Uh, no, that was um, what else was what, what else? was Winnetka? No, no, the other house um, in Home Alone. Oh, would, yeah. Why would you ever buy that house? 
People drive by that all the time and like, hey, there's a Home Alone house. They're like, oh. So the two valet guys that take Cameron's car from Shea Paul, they take for the joyride around like, Arr! yeah. I worked, uh, I had a guitar player that worked for a car wash right. early on and people would leave their cars for full details and you're like, hey, you're gonna take the Porsche out. <laughs> so the thing is like, you laugh at they like, oh, that would never happen. Let me tell you, it happens. Like that's what was so great about these movies that when you watch them, there's no special effects. There's, it's just human nature. And when they get it right, it is so right and memorable. And that's, I think for me, that's the beauty of, of really good filmmaking. When, when you hit upon something or you strike a nerve, you strike a nerve or in coaching tennis, let's bring it back. Tennis rockers. If you can strike a nerve with somebody, you, they're going to, they're going to rewatch it. They're gonna either right. They're going to want to watch it again, or they're going to replay it in their head. That's all I got for you. I thought was, so anyway, Cameron is Cameron is our new character today. Well, so uh, that gets me thinking then this might actually work. Um, on my list of lists. <laughs> so how uh, long is the list? Let's be honest. For the tennis rockers that are out there, how long is the list? What do you think? How many How many things do you want to chat about on tennis rockers? I don't know. Somewhere between 50 and 100. Really? Know, somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought this was going to be like 12 episodes and we're out. You're we're bummed. done. This is, I got to get up early for a very long time. <laughs> well, but that's, and that's what I've got. But then it always, I kind of, as I go along and experience things that are happening or... Uh, as I read or as I listen and, and, and then I connect with, you know, the concepts, the, what we're doing with what ten, what's happening in tennis, not we're doing, but what's happening in tennis. Then I think, oh, that could be brought back to what we're doing because yeah, we need to start thinking outside the box rather than, you know, <laughs> All right, so bring Wait, it back. Nadal, from- Nadal has a new pair of shoes. What do you think of them? How are they going to affect his game? Um, well, oh, real quick, though. I'm surprised they haven't had shoes just called. Like, why doesn't tennis have Air Jordans? I don't get that. Where, where, Where's the Vamos Nadals? What are you wearing? Well, the- he has those. He do- oh, he does? I'm, see, I'm so out of it. Yeah. He, he has his own. No, are they sold in the market and they're called Nadals? Are they called Nadals? No, they, so. Or Rafa's. They're, no, so the, so Rafa has the bull signature. No, right. Yeah, and then logo. those are on the Nike shoes that he endorses. Those but they're not the, called. I, but you don't need a name anymore because that, that symbol is just him, right? At this yeah, point. yeah. And then Federer has the RF and I think those are on, well, he used to do Nike and I don't know if he does Nike anymore, but Djokovic definitely but does. He's pushing the D, he's pushing the D. <laughs> Well, Djokovic definitely does uh, Asics, and then of course there's a there's a contingent of people who do Fila, like John Isner does Fila, and so does. Uh, oh, I but but again, I was name. but they're not called the Isners. No, they're not called right, the right, right. So I'm saying it's playing up there, actually making it named after them. Right, and That's they all. they probably should. You know, I, I I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's really, uh, yeah, it's funny because as my kids, my kids don't know who Michael Jordan is. And I mean, they do know who he is, but I'm saying that like they didn't, that's fading. They didn't experience that whole thing. And, um, 
but I, but I tell them in the scope of trying to inspire them about, and this is not what I want to talk about, but I, <laughs> but I tell them in the scope of trying to inspire them about uniqueness and, and trying for more that here's this guy who, um, has a statue of himself outside of, you know, the United center, which is one of our main stadiums here in Chicago. And, you know, people busloads. When I was talking to the security people, it's great because you get the real download, you know. And um, I was talking to the, you know, they were talking about just the, um, the level of interest and the level of commitment that people have to this is like, I thought it's way more than I thought. <laughs> you know, like he'll say that buses of tourists will come in busloads, and they come in like almost every day, and they literally get out and they can take a tour of the United Center, and then they they um you know the Bulls have their practice center right there and their medical facility, and they take pictures with the statue, and it's it, it's it you know there's all kinds of goofy stuff like they'll climb up there, they'll put a hat on or whatever they'll they'll do all this stuff, and they want to be a part of it. And then he was talking just briefly. He was talking about. Um, the Hawks and how, you know, they've had funerals at the United Center. They had funerals at the Chicago Stadium. These are, you know, these are teammates and members. And he said that when they have, it's like this intense time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, the public gets invited even. I mean, they have the team members, but then the public gets invited. And it's like, there's there's a lot of like deep uh, mourning that goes on around this. You know, we, we didn't lose a hockey player; we lost a family member of Chicago. Right, you're this right. Our, your Hawks, this right? Is your family, right? And you, and a family member died. You're, you're expect, you please come, right? Right, it's already. And we wonder why tennis is <laughs> struggling. Are you kidding me? Think, think of the connection. You well, just I think brought. that's why we're think, looking think for right. we're looking for an that's American. What, we're looking for American uh, players that we can get behind. Yeah, but but not even but even take that out of it. Think just take the word like tennis. Even like think think of that when you talk like all in on that and like how serious people take that at the United Center and these are this this person is not just iconic. They're going to show you about possibilities and they were your, your, these are, yeah. and, and, I, and I get that, you know, I get that when you're, and I, you know, I bust some people that like you're rooting for a Jersey, but I do understand, you know, again, I'm, I point out that you, you got to put it in perspective also, it, it's also entertainment, right? Sports are also entertainment. Sure. It's like it, a part of it is it's like WWE without it being fixed. Sometimes, you know, so the idea though is that, but we're able to take that entertainment and add some danger, possibility, and then they're able to spin it in a way that makes you feel, and I'm not saying the spin is bad, but that you feel emotionally connected without even maybe playing but basketball. Here the other bizarre I mean, that's part, Here's the other bizarre parts about those connections, okay. right? So yeah. some bizarre parts are, there are people out there that feel more connected to these people that they don't know than they do their own family members, depending on the, the distance they have between their family members. So they might not be as connected with an uncle or an aunt, but boy, they feel like super connected to the, the goalie <laughs> for the Blackhawks. I, I know, I know people like that. And, and you're like, have you ever met them? And they're like, no, I haven't. Why? But I know all his stats, and I know this, and I know that. And so you got to be careful because 
you don't want them like going off the rail on you. But you know what's interesting about somebody like that? They are, they might have the. It's gonna. I'm gonna be the uh, uh, advertisement for the Blackhawks right now. Their family members, which I can relate to, are not their tribe. Maybe the way their family thinks and interacts doesn't speak to them, and they feel like they're in the emotional desert. And then when they watch hockey, let's use hockey, one tribe, that they're like, oh, and it's an escape, right? That was my music, right? Like I was, I was in the creative wasteland. But the but right, but, but, so but, but like, the funny oh. part here is that, especially like in hockey. I mean, you don't really see a lot of interviews. You, how do you get to know that person at all? Like your family member that you might feel distant from or whatever that doesn't like your thing, your jam, and doesn't really agree with you or you don't agree with them or there's tension there or whatever, you at least know them. Like you know something about Smart them. Am I supposed to hit that? I, yeah. I, I, I think okay. I got it. I, I, and I, wow, that was loud. Go ahead. Yeah, that was really loud. I think I turned up the slider. <laughs> Wait, it's the engineer. Hey, Bob. No, it's Cameron. Cameron. Oh, sorry, Cameron's it's Cameron today. Cameron. He's on. So I think I got it. Yeah. Projection. Right. You get to because you don't know them. Like you know your family members. Yeah. You know the bad side of your family members. So you're like, oh, I don't like that at all. And you're just like, oh, it irritates me. It's bad energy. But all you're seeing is the skill set and some interviews and some stats. And then it is fill in the blank here and you can project what you want. And maybe you project yourself onto that on what you could have been, or maybe you were at that level at some point, maybe in high school or college. And you're like, Oh, I remember that. And you're projecting and filling in the blank on those personality traits. So uh, this reminded me of, and I, there's no picture of it. Okay. But there was a Jason Bateman movie called the switch with Jennifer Aniston is an outstanding movie. You, it, 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 I, 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 I wouldn't stop laughing at it. I, lo I love Jason Bateman. Yeah. Did you see the Spelling Bee movie he did? That was classic, where he is an adult and he decides to enter in these kids' spelling bees because he realizes there's a loophole and no age restriction. <laughs> no, you're kidding me. Oh, yeah. I got so to he see goes, these. Wait, hold on. So it. it's the Switch and Spelling Bee? I, I don't know what it's called. It, the Spelling Bee, the Switch is the name of the movie. Um, let me see if I got the. And is this the Spelling Bee? No, this the one I was going to talk to you. Bad words. It's called bad words, and it's and it. He's in a spelling bee, and he enters in these kids' spelling bees. It's right up your alley. It's something you I'm, would do. I'm totally you would in. do this. Totally so he enters in. in these spelling bees, and he's the only adult on the stage, and people are kind of like, um, but there's no, you know, the spelling bee rules are such that he can technically enter, and he's like, I'm in, I'm going. And he's up against these kids and the kids are adorable and they're like looking over and they're nervous and they see him and they're like swallowing hard as they get up there as he gets, you know, this whole thing. And then, and then he wins and he shamelessly takes the check or whatever. And he's, he's like, he's like, what? He's like, what? You know, it's like, it was, it was, it was great. And, and then he's, and then he's also, his other downfall is that he's, I don't think he has Tourette's, but he's got like foul mouth, you know? So he's in there and he's pissed. He's pissed that he's not getting the word or he's whatever. So he's corking off. And then there's this touching scene where he becomes kind of a mentor to a kid, which is really cool. So, so it ends up being, so, so there's funny. actually some sort of, um, 
goodness to them. Yeah. They, they actually, ch- it shapes and changes them from being self-serving. Right. <laughs> right. It, 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 but, but this wasn't the, what, rem- what it reminded me of was the switch and assigning personality traits to unknown people. And it reminded me of that. Um, so the plot in the switch is basically that his best friend, which is Jennifer Aniston wants to have a baby and she doesn't really they're they dated, but it didn't work. And then they stayed friends. So I've been in this situation, so I get it. And you both kind of realize, well, I don't really want to be with you, but I really like you as a friend and we should stay friends, which is strange usually for men and women. Cause that doesn't usually happen a lot, but they stay friends. And so then they proceed to kind of, they, they hang out and they kind of nick each other. You know, he's like another one of your disastrous flame out relationships, huh? So she decides one day, you know what? I'm just going to go through fertility and I'm going to have a baby by myself. And he thinks it's insane. And he's like, this is crazy. What are you doing? So the, the plot, I don't want to give away the spoiler cause I want people to watch it, but, and suffice to say she has a child and this, he's an only child and she's raising him and Jason meets him. Um, she moves away and then Jason's character, she decides she's coming back because she wants to be near her family. Now, the reason she moved away is complicated, but she decides she wants to be back in New York and be there because she doesn't want to be near family. She just wants to whatever. So she comes back and she says, I want you to meet the little boy and the little boy is like six by now or something like that. And so, um, he's there one night at the little, at their house and he has all these pictures, all these pictures and picture frames and everything. And Jason, you know, he's, his character's walking in fresh to this and doesn't know what's going on. And he's like, Oh, so tell me about this. And he goes, that's my aunt Rita. And she um, really likes to garden and, um, you know, it's not easy for her though because she has knee problems and she uh, is married to my uncle Fred right there. And he, and he's like, wow. And he's like, this is so he really knows a lot about these people or whatever. And then he, I think he asks him, it doesn't come, the, the, it doesn't come from Aniston's character, but he says, boy, you have such a large family. You have all this other stuff. And he goes, I think it comes out somehow that the people in those photos are not really his family. They're the stock photographs that every picture frame has in them. And he has assigned this because he's an only child. And so he's become creative right? He doesn't have a lot of family in his life. And there's a need for relationships. And there's a need for relationships. So he has invented these faux relationships. And it reminded me of what you were talking about with these people who invent these relationships they have with these personalities, these sports figures, these actors, the public figures, and they assign emotional weight and significance to them, even though they don't really know them. And, um, and actually, those people probably don't want to know you. And it's not because they don't like you. It's because they don't have the time. They've got their family. They've got their friends. Things are kind of set. There's really, and they're skeptical about why you want to be friends with them now. 
you want to be friends with them because of their celebrity or their height of popularity or whatever. Their family and their friends knew them back when they weren't that, you know? And so, but I think people struggle with that, you know? Do you, do you think that's why that's the difference between a character actor and a personality actor, right? So there's actors that kind of play themselves all the time. De Niro. Right. But, or Vince Vaughn, right? It's kind of like, I'm, I'm, this is kind of who, this is kind of what I do. It's easy for them. Well, you no, know, but, but, uh, but I'm not. Because it it's very close to who they are. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is that they have a role because they're not a character actor. You can then assign or project that, oh, I wish I could be like that. Or, oh, that's my guy. That's kind of how I am. Right. But so, but if they kept switching to like a, a method actor, right, that might throw them off. So like, I think a lot of people did that with Matthew McConaughey in the beginning. He played a certain character. Right. And then all of a sudden he starts getting into deeper roles and you're like, oh, wait, he, he can, do you ever see the movie Mud? Everybody should see that movie Mud I've with Matthew McConaughey. No, he is he's just unbelievable. He's just an unbelievable actor. But when you look at him, you think he's like, you know, um, no brains, all beef. You know, like he's just a handsome, rugged guy, and this is kind of what I do. I'm a guy's guy. But he's he's actually the opposite of that, right? But do you think that has something to do with in the acting world of like, hey, you're you're the personality actor, you're the method actor. And those are and those appeal to different people, because I don't necessarily want to see the personality switch, and maybe that's what sports do. Sports are the personality actor that you get to insert based on the performance what you think they are. Well, who I think they are in the movie business. It's complicated because I think really it's the director and producer who have interpreted the script and make a decision about what type of character they want to apply to this particular situation. Because if you choose the wrong type. You can throw the general progression and feeling that you want to achieve of the story completely off. <laughs> so you yeah, but don't be, you think there's movies made careful. just for the personality, right? It's like you know what they have a big fan base. We need to put something out. Yeah, and those are usually poorly scripted, poor, poor story no, no, and movies. That, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not about. But that's the whole point. It's not about. So I make. It makes me wonder as I as we're talking and I'm thinking here. It makes me wonder about how that is with tennis and coaches. Are there personality coaches and are there method coaches? Yes. Yes. Interesting. And, and I think there are coaches that are method-based where they don't give you the personality, right? And I think that's where we, you have to decide what you're looking for, right? Maybe you're somebody that actually wants to fill in the blank on your coach as far as person and you don't really care how they are as a person. You just want the information. So hold on. Or if there's informational coaches, method coaches, and then personality coaches. I'd say there's three. Is there a fourth? I don't know. Bad words coach. <laughs> Bad words. Oh wait, that's me. I, I got a I got a foul mouth. Wait. So Let's, awkward pause no let's go through um i'm not going to refute you let's go through what you think is an information so you think these are, but then there's blend so the problem that you just did here was i i i cut it along clean lines and then personality and method to try to build on the analogy and then you came in and was like well you were like well there's you know 
There's combinations of those things. And hold on a second. Well, I feel Besides like it's combinations. Well, you clean line it then. Clean line And I'm it. fine with it. No, no, clean line. I'm fine it. with that, but I want to just go down this this line here. If you borrow the actor analogy of a personality actor, are there really pure personality coaches that are out there? Pure personality coaches that you've experienced. Yes, I've seen. I've seen. And here, I guess this is how I would explain a personality coach. You, you have a little bit of information that you give, and then it's just a lot of like, "Yeah, right, man, that's great." And like every other shot is well, that was it, ready to go, man. Yep, yep. And they're just they're fluffing you up. They're just telling you what you want to hear, and each lesson is like Groundhog Day where it's just the same thing over and over again. It's like the same three tips. It's just, you're there, they're, you know, which is fine because you're, maybe you're not practicing or maybe you're just, you know what? This is great. It recharges my batteries. So it's coach attainment. Ooh, I like that. Coach attainment. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just asking. Right. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And if that's what you want to get out of it, I think that's awesome. And there's, and there's a place for those coaches also, because you know what? Maybe you're just having a really hard time at home. Maybe somebody's sick and you're like, I just got to get out of the house. This is not good. I, you know, my, my parents are in hospice. I've, I just want to hit a ball and I want somebody to make me feel good that I can do something right in my life. Right. Awesome. Perfect. That's the person for you. Right. And they're not the, per they're not for the person that's like, no, I want to work on my form. I want data. I want to <clears throat> have a real discussion here about where I am where I want to go and what it's going to take to get there. That's, they're not that type of person. Right. And you're also not going to have that conversation where the coach is like, Hey, do you want, you want to talk? Is everything okay at home? Or do you want to, is there something else you want to, am I missing something here? Is Because they're it, not even going to give you that opportunity. They're only like there. If you're walking around with a glum face or whatever, they're not going to be like, Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? They're going to be like, all right, let's keep going. <laughs> let's but, but here's the upside of that too. Ready? Yeah. That could also. Whoa, I don't you're holding your stomach, walking around the court. That's all right, no problem. <laughs> you know what? We can play knee tennis. Get on your knees. Here we go. Well, but think of this though: it doesn't allow you to wallow in the doldrums, right? Like you don't yeah, have a. It's like right. you can feel really bad, and they're just going to steamroll over your gloominess, <laughs> right? They're like, "No, we're going." Like, right. yeah, I impaled myself on the racket. No, you're fine. You just use your hand. We're good. No, yeah. low to high. You're good. That's right. Oh, look at that. You hit your head when you came back on the racket. That's all right, buddy. It'll get better. Hey, let's keep going. Yeah. So, yeah. So no acknowledgement. Just we're, no, we're, we're going, yeah. and this is the things I'm going to tell you. And week to week, it's going to be similar. Do you think that every club should have one of those people? Absolutely. Okay. I think there's, there is. So you need to, so you need to have, if you're a club and you have a, a pro mm -hmm. roster, if you don't have at least one, one pro, well, you need at least one. The minimum is one. Yes. You don't want a club full of them because that's going to be a problem because you're going to have, you're not going to have the, you're going to have different audiences that are coming to you. So yes, you, okay. So you need one of those guys and then, or girls. Yeah. Or women. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, so what about method? method coaches what are they so a method coach is somebody in my guesstimation it's someone that has a system that they've seen work for a law a percentage of people and that's the system they teach and that's their system that's their methodology that's it 
There's no flexibility in the methodology. And if you don't adhere to that methodology, then you probably should go, there's something wrong with you. Or it's just not going to work for you. Do they have personality at all? They could. Mix? They could. <clears throat> but it's all, they adhere to this, though. The situation isn't fluid. It's rigid. This is what I believe. This is the way it goes. It's it's a close. What it's, happens more, if, it's black and white thinking. Right. And what happens if you if you start asking questions or you you kind of there's going to be very simple answers on here's Ronnie here's one I think I'd mentioned this before here's a high mid court shot you're approaching the net you always take it down the line 100 percent of the time but what if I can roll that off to the side for a clean winner no you take it down the line that's the method. Because then it's going to come back and you can volley it off over here. Yep, but but, but I could I could end it right now. Yeah, but that's lower percentage. We're, we're, we want to go with we want to go with this right when now. When they say low percentage, does that assume they're assuming that you're going to make a mistake? Correct. It's a harder shot to so make. So that's that. Okay. So when pros, I just want to slow it down. When pros talk about low percentage, for anybody who's listening who doesn't understand pro speak, what you're really saying is is that you have a slimmer or a lesser chance of making that shot you're you you go with the shot that you have a higher chance of making because if you go with the lower chance there's a higher chance that you're going to miss it you're going to shank it in the net or you're going to shank it or you're going to plank it in the net that's what that's what low percentage means correct so and here's one here's, here's a good method from, from from the streets okay this is from the court I have a woman that has an unbelievable swinging volley. The, the strike zone for her, meaning the height in which she can take the ball, is from like a little below like armpit level to her ankles. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, oh, there it is. <laughs> right, whoop, there it is. You're just like, oh, she's going to swing at it. And she makes it, I would say, 98% of the time. So years when we do our lessons now, we always do swinging volleys. We've been doing it for years. And when she plays on a team in the summertime, what do all the coaches tell her? That's not what you do at that. That's a low percentage. You're, you're right. And for like two summers, this is years ago, her coaches, and you know, I'm not saying they're bad coaches, but their, their, their methodology is you take this as a setup volley, move in behind, they're playing doubles, set it up, come in and then put it away. So and, and, She's like, no, <laughs> and she just, finally they gave up and it took them like three by the third summer when they're now, she, and she told me this, like when they're running a drill for the team there, if they do a volley drill, it would be, okay, all of you are going to do this. You're the exception. You can swing at the volley. Now you have the swinging volley, except for you, you can do that. And right. So they were, it still rubbed them wrong. But she's strong enough to recognize, and she's a really good athlete, right? So, And what's interesting is that, to me, is that you'd have these coaches that wouldn't sit there, but that's how I am wired, that would sit there and say, God, you know, if she can make that, I wonder if some of the other students can make that. I wonder if we could try for that. They, they have a methodology. But that's not what a method person does. No. That's a, I, I, but I would be like, huh, you know, I've seen a couple of these other students, and they have pretty good athleticism they have pretty good balance and they're pretty good mobility i wonder if they could try the shot be really cool if we could teach more than one person to do that okay so let's hold on so let's, before we jump forward 
that's a good point. I think it just, just something just went off in my crazy brain. What does a person, why does a personality coach, why is he or she a personality coach? What does the personality allow them to be, do, and protect? There's th- like th- three things. Well, I think, I think it's, first of all, it's, uh, it's a, like you're saying, it's a shield. They don't want to have to, the first reason that you choose to do something like that is you're, you're uncomfortable with being yourself on the court because you don't think being you will work with your audience and you don't think and 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 or you want to protect who you are because you don't want that vulnerable. You don't want that like if they really knew who you were, you it would it would be I don't want to say it'd be frightening, but it would be something that it, you would make you feel uncomfortable. You'd have to be acknowledging more of who you are than you want to. So that's the first thing. So so, so hold on. So then it also allows the coach, the personality coach, to be somebody maybe that they're not in their other life also. That they'd like to be. Right. So so it maybe maybe they're more depressive. Right. And they're like, you know what? I'm just gonna amp up my personality here because so so don't look at it as a negative thing. It's it could be a positive it's it's sure. a, it's ready, shades of gray. Right? Apparently there's fifty of them. Um, that it a personality coach bolsters up your feelings about yourself, but at the exact same time, maybe that's what they're doing to themselves and it gives them a break. Sure. So that that's a win-win, isn't it? If, yeah, depending on your audience. Right. So there's a level of- If there's somebody who, who wants more than that and that's what happens with coaching, <clears throat> right? I mean, uh, how many countless times do you get, enter into a coaching relationship because it seems to fit the immediate bill it and and you're like oh well this I like this guy or this girl and and this woman and this this works and uh, you know yeah it, it's fine and 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 or you're drawn to a little one particular thing like it might be the personality like wow they you know they're they're so much more positive than the other people you know I I I kind of like that I'm gonna I'm gonna take lessons from this guy but then you turn out to be a will to know person and you start asking questions. And you're suddenly not getting answers, right? And you're like, they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to just keep, let's just keep hitting balls. And you're like, well, we've been hitting balls for the last three months. I want to do something different. And they're like, well, like what? What do you want to do that's so different? And you're like, well, I actually would like to learn this more technique. Or you are a type of person, they fit the immediate bill, the personality coach, because they were warm and sunny and the whole thing. And now you're the type of person that's going through something in your life. And you want to have a conversation. You're, you're having a bad day, and you come out of the court, and and you're kind of like, actually, I'm not really in the mood to to have you know, Mr. Glass half full, like splash spritzing water, John the Baptist style in my face, and going, isn't this fun? I'm more like, no, I, I actually want to just like hit, but then I kind of want to talk. I feel like we've built a relationship here. Yeah, the relationship is basically, hey, you come out here, I hit balls, and we have a lot of fun, right? Yeah, that's a relationship. And suddenly you're like, actually, that's not the relationship that I wanted. I want a different relationship. And so- But maybe that coach, maybe the PC, personality coach, gave you the confidence and and made you comfortable enough and felt good about yourself that you became a will-to-knower. Maybe that coach- widen the breadth of your interest 
just from that by virtue of being so narrowly focused that you suddenly were like i want more <laughs> yes i, I need yeah, but, more but, but, but i need more but maybe you were nervous coming out or had anxiety and you're hearing right no this is great keep going man but that's what i mean he fit the bill for the immediate which which is why you need somebody like but that. then you grew and you're and you and you reflected back and you suddenly were like wait a second I'm more than this. I need more than this. And now you got to, and you may come back to him because you may get with somebody else who's a method coach and you may be like, okay, he's so tight that, and I need some breathing room now. Now I need some breathing room. So I'm going to go to coach Cameron in the beginning. Oh, and Cameron works for a guy and a girl. Yeah, but you can't oh, short that. I, I guess you could call it no, Cammy. No, no, no. Cameron is a girl and a boy. I know, but we need more. Bob, we could do so many things with. It's just for today. Cameron Jr., Cam. No, I no. Don't know. Can you spell it backwards? Anyway, go ahead. So it's there's two Camerons now, okay? Got it. Guy Cameron and girl okay, Cameron. Okay, got it. And they're both coaches. Okay. And you go to Guy like Cameron. You go to, you go to Coach Cameron the guy. Yeah. And he's just doing his thing. Right. And then you're like, you know, after like a year, you're like, you know, I think I can do more with this. I'm not getting that from from right. Coach Cameron right now. I'm going to go to the other Coach Cameron, and she has a methodology which is going to open up. Some, and I think that's the right methodology for me. So then you try that, and and then you're like, oh, and also now you're will to know. But then what happens is through the methodology, you're wondering, but what about this? What about that? But they keep saying no. The parameters are too now. Those parameters are too strict. Right. Well, now you need to go to the next coach. But the thing I want to wrap up with both a methodology, um, a method coach, and a personality coach, is that the two things that those systems do, and we're going to say systems because they are systems, protection and projection from the coach. It protects the coach because it allows them to keep their armor up a little bit. It's not gonna give them all of them. So it's gonna keep the customer company relationship seller at arm's length. There's gonna be, maybe the, it, the arm is bent a little bit, right? It's not a full talk to the hand, but it's a little bit bent like, you're gonna get close, but not that close. I wanna keep the lines there, okay? And that's what both do. When you have an all-in coach, what do we call it? What was our third? You said informational. There's a, right, the will-to-know coach or the informational coach. Oh, that's will-to-know. Okay. That's a will-to-know. Mm-hmm. I would say that's a will-to-know. Okay. And see, and I think that the informational coach could sound like a method coach, but that's not true because what happens is a uh, method coach locks into a system that's like, nope, this is pretty good. I think we should stick with that in general across the board. You know, I have, these are the, the tendrils I pull from these. I, I have to interrupt no, you go because for it. I'm yeah. reflecting on what you're saying. And I'm just like, I, I agree and I, I get it. But <laughs> if you think about it from the, and you don't think about it from the customer standpoint, because you're so, you're the service provider, you're the coach, you coach a lot of people, you're working 40 hours a week doing this. But as a customer, you're like, this is freaking annoying. This is dizzying. Like when you really take a step back, when you first come in and you're like, oh, I like that guy. He's sunny or whatever. Or I like that woman. She's method, you know, or whatever. I, I like that. And it fits the immediate bill. But it says dizzying. It kind of wants me. Want, I want to throw up because I'm like, I'm like, this is kind of aggravating. Well, you know, what? it's also complicated <clears throat> because if you find the wrong person, 
It could ruin you get, it. Well, you get it into these relationships. Day. Well, the problem is, and you get in these relationships, and there's a bit of depending on how how you as a person. Some people are purely transactional. They're like, you know what? Hey, we're done. I'll see you later. But I'm not like that. So I'm like now I'm in this relationship, and I feel like oh, I'm in this relationship, and I got this coach, and you know, we, he's a decent guy and whatever. But it's not working. And how do I, you know, tell him? You know, but. But it, the reason why I said it is dizzying is just in talking about this, I'm like, I'm listening to it and I'm thinking to myself, this is crazy because if you're just trying to learn tennis, you're like, well, now I have to deal with all this. <laughs> it's just like, a stupid ball and a racket. I just, I, no, it's not a stupid ball, right? But it is more, but I'm just trying to learn tennis and now I got to deal with, and isn't that really like the facility's job? And this goes dovetails right into what we've been talking about all along, which is is that before you when you want before you even step foot on the court, you should really fill out a form and tell about your life. What are you looking for? How do you learn? Yeah, but looking for is a huge thing to say. You got to say, what are you looking to do in tennis? But also, maybe what are you looking for in a person? You know what I mean? Like, what are you looking for in a person? Like, I want an easygoing person. I don't want large and in charge, Marge. You know, I want you know, I you know, what do you want and and some people may bristle at that, but I'll tell you, if you're listening to this, all two of you, that you, you need to go through this exercise. You, you should demand it because you, and, 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 and the thing is walking into a facility, I don't know that people will in the facility will have this conversation with you because they'll be a little bit uncomfortable because they don't want to be in the spot of recommending or not recommending a pro. But it's interesting because the, the facility that I'm going to, you know, I've had conversations with pros there and I've had conversations with the person at the desk and I've asked about these people and these personality types now that we're actually doing this. And they'll say, I'll say, well, what about so-and-so? What about, cause I'm just feeling the waters. This is interesting to me. And I, you know, I, whatever I I'm, I'm up there anyway, for other reasons talking and um, they they'll invariably say, Oh no, you want to stick with that person. And I was like, really? Well, what about, what about so-and-so? And they're like, yeah, I just think this would probably work better for you. So you're saying is the desk person knows more than you think they know based on being there. Well, I'm saying that the by feeling that, out the other, desk person is performing a evaluation that we've been talking about in filling out a form. The desk person is going by their gut, meaning I know these pros, I know all the different pros here, kind of, sort of. I know their personality because I've gotten to see with their guard down. I've gotten to see them because they're not teaching me. I'm behind the desk. I'm a colleague. I'm a peer but they don't consider me up here because they're really the surgeons and I'm really the, I'm really the scum, the scum person who just, you know, provides the, the supplies. I don't really, I'm not the surgeon or the pilot. Um, and there is a bit of that element depending on the club, but they, they're making this complex psychological and socio-emotional decision based on what they've seen with the pro and what they've seen with you and they're playing matchmaker to some degree and they could be completely wrong but it's interesting to me because for them to be that 
that adamant about it, it means that they've come to some definite conclusions about me and or the pros and they've kind of selected like, well, this, and I don't think it was based at all on this guy needs the revenue because the guy that they were pointing me to, he's booked a lot. No, it's based on what we're just talking about. It's exactly what we're talking about of them assessing you now, Cannibal and Bomber, what you guys have been doing, and then understanding the personality of all the pros and then saying, well, he, they definitely don't want the personality coach. Uh, they're, they have Frisbees on the court and they're running around crazy. They definitely don't want a method coach because that's going to kill all creativity. So what do we need now? You need a coach with a little bit of personality, a little bit of creativity, with some methods, but willing to be flexible because they have a will to know and they're going to give new information and, and then also have, be an open loop coach that's willing to have somebody around them. Right. So, so those are right. all different And it could be based, things. in fairness, it could be based off of something as simple as they saw one outstanding thing and they made the and so I'm not going to give them that much credit. I'm going to give them credit, but I'm saying that they could have seen one thing like, well, he works a lot with his kids. I know that these other coaches might not be cool with um, him being on but the court. That, but that's a, it doesn't matter if, that, if that's the one thing, then they just saved you a lot of money it's and the time. No, I'm not discrediting. It's the dominant thing. I'm just saying it's the dominant yes. thing. Yes. So, so, so you, these, we have, what did we say? Three things. There's the personality coach, three, yeah, the three method, types. the personality coach, mm -hmm. the method coach, right. and the information slash will to know work with you coach. Which assumes, I guess, that the method and the personality are will to conquers. Sure. I think so. Okay. Or protect, which is which is also yeah. we have to say that not that's a bad thing. Will to come or will to protect. Yeah, right. But this is important though for coaches criticizing coaches. We've all done it, and I've caught myself as well. So I'm going to throw myself into this where you're like, oh, yeah, why are they why are they doing it like that? Then you're like, you know what? He's a personality coach. That's what they need. He's got, he's got his market. He's got his niche. There, that's okay. Right. So for any coach to criticize another coach without, we just shouldn't do it because there are people for those coaches. And it also speaks to the, like, I can teach anybody. I mean, I'm like a super coach. Sully cannot teach anybody. I cannot do that. I, I'm not, nobody can. I love when you refer to yourself in the third person. I talk to myself a lot, actually. <laughs> well, I, I'm but, my own best friend. So, <laughs> but I'm going to flip this on you and go the opposite. I think you should criticize other coaches. Doesn't mean you have to criticize them to their face. But I <laughs> oh, think but you, behind their back. No, I think you should criticize because ultimately what's behind that criticism, criticism gets a very negative review. Oh, I want so, ironic. I'm gonna for some, hold on. So you're I'm just so we're on the same page. You're gonna use the word criticism, but you're gonna reframe it in a way that that is constructive, not in a way that's like attacking. Well, or, it's or no, making it, you feel better about yourself. Right. It's constructive for you because maybe you're using that criticism as a way to figure out what you don't want. What you don't want to okay. do, and it okay. helps you develop who you are, and what you, and it strengthens who you want to be. So let's say you're 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 walking by a lesson, and you're walking by the personality coach, and you're a will to know guy. 
or whatever, your method person, and you're just like, oh, God, just even hearing the guy. You know what I mean? Just like, oh, just stop. Stop with the whatever. Come on, man. Get real. Maybe they have questions that want answers. Maybe they want to try something different. Why do you got to bowl them over with your whole thing, your shtick? You're not on TV, right? Okay, that sounds all snarky and mean and all this other stuff, but it's in some ways, as long as you're not saying it to the guy, you are actually figuring out to some degree I don't want to be that guy. But it also gives you the chance to, to, when you criticize, to sit there and think to yourself, I don't want to be that. But then you pair out some things and you go, but you know, he's got a real point. I've seen that student before. Nothing else would work with them. He, they need that type of thing. Maybe there's times when I have to do that. And so you, then you get into the hybrid, like, well, you transform yourself a little bit by, by virtue of using that criticism, you're using it as a fulcrum to be able to wedge yourself and figure out, oh, I can lift myself into a different personality. Maybe I was the informational coach, but occasionally I need to be the personality coach because maybe I'm too much information. You know, it's like, no, that it's makes like, sense. No, it's that like when women sense. are yeah. dating men and the guy's like, you know, he's... <laughs> It's so funny. Like they meet somebody like maybe you or I, and they're like, they're like, yeah, he's sensitive and he asked questions and he, he was really caring. And I just don't know that I want something like that. I think I want a guy who's large and in charge. And then they get with a guy who's large and in charge and they're like, oh boy, I don't know if I want the large and in charge guy because it's like, yeah, we're going here. We're doing this. We're going with my friends. Right, right. So then, so then tell the guy, listen, just once in a while, could you be large and in charge just once in a while? Right. Got it. Right. Got and it. And you're much more right. likely to get that than you are to take the large and in charge guy and to say, make him sensitive. I need you to be more sensitive. And I need you to, to be thinking of me and listening to me. It's not going to happen. But I do think that criticism, you know, I think you you do this a lot where you're like just stop just stop you're criticizing i think we just have to put us it's criticizing it's a little it's so negative and dark and i don't really give a little and i'm like okay but there is do a I do i really say you, know, you, like you foam at the mouth over the whole thing oh my lord but, I, I gotta work on that but there is an element of criticism that helps i mean it's like and, and you'll this will sing to your heart it's like being in new york on broadway when when a critic goes to see a play, you know, and I told you this story before, I, I go back to this play. So um, so Twyla Tharp choreographed Moving Out. It was a Billy Joel musical, kind of tried to be a West Side Story type thing. It premiered in Chicago, got reamed by the critics, reamed. Twyla Tharp and her co colleagues had a decision to make. Do we just box it up and go home or do we reinvent this and redo it? And, and the criticism. So what she did was they went back to, they stripped it, they field stripped it. They went right back down to basics and they were like, look, let's figure out what's going on here. I actually saw moving out and I thought it was horrible. I didn't really understand the movement of the story. The in first Chicago. one, the first yeah, one in Chicago, the I early, the early, the, I saw beta and I was like, I don't really, and normally I like, I enjoy the, I enjoy watching the story unfold, you know, using the visual medium and the whole thing. And I was like, 
I really, I don't, I don't really understand. I get the moving out concept, but we've played that over and over again. Where's the other drama in the sub relationships and the subplots and the whole thing. But she didn't, she had lunch with, and she sat down and they, they stripped it back down and they were like, you know what? We're going to go back and we're going to, we're going to do this right. And we're going to take it apart and we're going to figure out what are the elements that we can keep and how do we make this better for the end? So all I'm saying or suggesting is that, you know, finish, finish, finish the story is what I'm getting. Oh, okay. And so she brought it to Broadway in, in, in New York and it got really good reviews after they rewrote the entire thing. Yes. But they did that based on the criticism that they received in the smaller market, i.e. Chicago. So the criticism was actually correct. They might not have liked the criticism. I don't know if all of it was correct, but I know that they valued what the critic had to say. And they were like, okay, there are really salient points here to this. Let's change it. So my point in bring again but but i feel like you 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 started a story and and again it's it's yeah i'm just, sorry i truncate it cuz i think it's boring no no it's not no i'm like sitting here like it's like i'm like okay and then what happened and then and then and well, then well it's fascinating I mean, think about it she had her own money at stake and she had brought this production to chicago and she'd done this whole thing and then she un, she she unfolds it and within 30 days because of the the reviews and people read the reviews because they're like, well, am I going to spend 150 bucks on tickets and then another 150 bucks on dinner, $300 in a night? cramped New York theater with my knees up to well, my chin? Well, this is Chicago. Well, but, but, yes. Right. And am I going to do all this or am I going to just pass? Because people, you know, I mean, it's viral. People are like, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's like when, when there's certain things that have played here, whether it's Les Mis or whatever it is. I mean, Donnie Osmond played here forever and a day with uh, whatever he did. And it just... Oh, Joseph and the Technicolor yeah, Dreamcoats. it got... I mean, that basically <laughs> paid for the... Hop, 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 hop. Chicago Theater's tax bill for the next for the next 50 years. But, but So that criticism then was the... The impetus for change without throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Right. It was like, you know what? They're not wrong, but and may, and we have to, we should look at some of the reviews going back because maybe some of them are like, listen, we wanted to like this. They, I, I think most the, most of the time they do. They go in with genuine They really want to be blown. They want to like be surprised. It. Yeah. So isn't that then as a student, if you have a personality coach or a method coach and you're like, oh, I kind of want to like this. And you, then you have some, even criticisms of the coach or coaches criticizing. It's hard coach. because you also have made a decision to bring this person into your life and to take lessons from this person. So the judgment of choosing them is on you to some degree. You bought the ticket for moving out in, in Chicago. Right. And then you're like, uh, but don't let, but then don't let that, that doesn't mean they're a bad coach. It means it was the wrong version of the show for you at this point. Right. You need to find a different version of moving out, which or, is which is tennis. Tennis is the show uh, you're buying a ticket for. Right. And you just maybe need a different actor for for you to work with. Or you need a different person. Yeah. Right. Different. But and and there's another parallel too is that right so how many times have they put on a production and they've chosen a lead and they realize the person is really talented the person brings this the person brings that but they they send off the wrong vibe and it totally changes the vibe of the other characters and the and and it impacts the performance and it impacts the ultimate show and the way people perceive it it's the same thing 
with this, like you choose the coach in the beginning that seems to fit the bill nicely. And then suddenly you realize, boy, this is negatively impacting my performance because it's too much sunshine, rainbow and rainbows and puppies and, and unicorns. And I need, I need more information here because I'm really struggling. And all this guy wants to do is hit the same three, do the same three things every time. He's nice, he's friendly, but I'm not getting, I'm paying a lot and I'm not getting what I want on this. So you just change and you have to sit there and say, so it's not bad to be critical and it's not bad to sit there and say, you know, I need more. And I think coaches can do that too for themselves. I think the problem is you get into a revenue stream of what works. I'm popular because I'm the personality coach. So I fill a lot of drills. I, you know what I mean? I have a lot of groups and I keep people moving and flowing and it's, it, it's working for me. No, I don't have a lot of privates, but I have a lot of groups. But that doesn't make you better than another coach. No, but then the groups start to go away and suddenly you're like, you got to retool because you're like, wait a second. I, the groups, these people are no longer taking group. Come on, let's play groups. Let's, let's do this. Let's do doubles. Come on. We can have this. And all of a sudden it's like, it's going away. So now the personality coach has to sit there and retool and be self-critical and be like, and I think that's really hard at that level because for so many years they had that revenue stream and now all of a sudden it's like dried up. And now what do I do? Well, you have to sit there and become self-aware. Well, I was the personality coach, but now I have to be more method or more method and information. But you're not saying change your style because so you might be like, well, I can't do the hybrid your style just a, or add it once in a while. Add a little bit of salt, add, add a little bit of sugar on this. Just, right. just something that will keep them coming back to you because or attract new people to you. That's the bigger problem that these people face is that people then typecast themselves like actor roles. And then suddenly it's like, yeah, I don't really. And then it becomes like, has he really changed? And you're like, no, he's changed. He's, he's got a different approach. He doesn't do, or she doesn't do that anymore. They've, they're very, they're, they're different. Now, that, that's the growth. Well, that's the growth. And I think as coaches, we, we fall into this rut me as well. Sometimes where I'm just like, you know, I think I've been doing this now for like Four, I, for, for four months for me is a long time. <laughs> you know, like I need to reinvent this because I can tell, I think I'm getting bored. And if I'm getting bored, I think my students are getting bored maybe, or I'll just kind of feel the vibe. Like you know, I'm not getting this because I'm Which really goes against a lot of human nature because most human nature is just give me the same thing. I'll just show up and I'll do it and I'll go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, but you know what though? And I, and my f- philosophy, again, my philosophy doesn't mean somebody else has to, to, to believe it. Is that you're so, always qualifying? <laughs> you, thank that's you, so thank funny. you. You're welcome. Thank you. I try. Just right. I can always rely on you to pop my I balloon know, I just know. as I'm like hoist. Look at my balloon. I know. My I balloon. know. Pop. <laughs> thank you. That's part of the tension. Insert pin into elastic and pop the balloon. But as far as the personality, go ahead. That so much of life is repetitive, mundane things. Sure. That I feel like. M- so like if I was a personality coach, oh, like changing things up, you know, like muscle confusion is kind of the idea for yeah. me is that guess what? We're switching now. And we're like, what? And sometimes people don't want to switch. Sometimes uh, people are like, wrong wait a second. What, wrong are you doing? what are you doing? We had the drills. Wait, hold on a second. Can we just go and do those drills again? And I was getting good at those. And, and you're like, yep. no, we're changing. And, and that's when they'll, they may say, well, okay, I'm, you know, no, no, they do. Do they? Okay. 
<laughs> they're like, what, what? This is this is not going to go well. And I always say, God, just hang in there with me. You know, and then usually it takes about three or four weeks. There's a, there's a, a bell curve and a learning curve on all of it. Right. So, but usually what ends up happening is those people with those personality types are very accepting of how I am. I, so right. I need that. And they're like, right. okay. His heart's in the right place. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's got a will to <laughs> right, know. Right. He's gonna change it up for himself. But you know what's secretly behind that, and and I want to end it. I want to end it on this because I want to, I want to. That's you now have, you now have, secretly, unknowingly tapped into one of the things that I wanted to talk about. It's buried somewhere in there. I can't find it, but I now remember it. And that is, is that people don't want to change because because they're good at what they're doing, and changing means becoming uncomfortable. It means becoming uncomfortable doing something that they don't do. They don't, they're not sure if they can do well. They're, you're now going to force them to do it. It might make them more tired. It might make it harder. It might, but it's the very thing if you want to build your skills that you should be doing. Right? Isn't that at the, the, the crux of it? That why they don't want to change? They're feeling really good about what you're doing. And they broke, why fix and it? And they've lost their memory. Because if they really went back in time, when you started it four months earlier, they'd realize, you know what? I, I didn't want to do this when he started it four months ago. I wasn't that good at it. And that applies to students and coaches. So I want to wrap, let's wrap this up with our concepts were all versions of coaches are actually good if they're meeting the bill that you want to fill or and it's, correct and and so there there is no coach that should feel bad about themselves out there if if they're the personality coach you're needed if you're the methodology uh the method coach you're needed if you're the will to know coach uh, that is needed but i think oh. what we learned though along the way in addition to that is that we learned that a particular type of coach may fit the bill in the immediate, but then you as the student have to assess, okay, does this still fit by bill? Why am I not, why do I not want to come to lessons or why am I aggravated or why is this, why am I being ignored? Whatever it is. But I also think the coach has to sit there on the other side, right? And what does the coach have to do? The coach has to say, you know, when we started, this was going, you've been great, but I, I think you've kind of, I've, outgrown me i i think you know where you're at now you'd be better served with but the coach also has to be self-critical to some degree and say should i add a dash of this other type so of they person? have a choice add the dash you know i'm gonna get a little bit more technical with you is that okay right start doing that and if they feel really like that they can't do that i don't think that's bad either though no, but, I, but then yeah. you should be willing to let your student go because that shows a respect for your student right. that you are actually looking out for their best interest by recommending another coach. And then that person will go tell five other people or 10 other people, you know, personality coach Cameron here was great for like the first two years. Well, if you get, if one person can get two more to you, you're going to have a full schedule and you'll be doing what you like to do. So whether or not you can add the dash or not, it's your, you need to be your own critic. That's and right. I think that's what's really important. And Ooh, I, I like that. And I'm my, I'm my worst critic. I, like that. I think the crowd will go wild on that. I'm serious. I think that's a big deal. You be your own critic because then you can make change. 
So we have to figure that's out what, what tennis rockers is about. Yeah. So we have to figure out what kind of actors we are, right? What kind of show we're putting on. Yeah. And then we have to be our own critic. Wow. That's intense. That's that, like, that's like, that's pretty heavy. Most people just want to put on the show. <laughs> they don't want to, they don't want to wait a minute. So I gotta, I gotta basically write my own script, yep. edit it. And then I got to perform it. And then I got to criticize what I did and redo it. Tennis. Welcome to hell. <laughs> this is a good this one. This has been Tennis dude, Rocker. Dude, you just rocked my brain. Rock my Woo, Tennis Rockets, baby. Bye.